this is who you know. Last month I drove to a little cul-de-sac in Cambridgeport and was uh, welcomed by Chris Broca into his home. And we had a talk about his old bands like Come and Codeine, the um, soundtracks and scores he's working on, his students, and uh, what comes next. I know you'll enjoy this talk, at least as much as I did. I have a student, I have a guy, he's, you know, he's like, he's an adult lawyer, and I kind of alternate between teaching him bass and teaching him guitar. Wow. I'd mostly been teaching, I started out teaching him guitar, and then he heard that I was teaching bass, he was like, I would like to take some bass lessons Mm -hmm. too, and so I was like, okay. So I sort of go back and forth with him, and I was mostly teaching him teaching him mostly bass mm-hmm. but I also I also know that he really likes he really likes lead guitar like like guitar solos yeah and, which is not something it's not something I do very much I mean it's not something I do like as a player and it's not something that I've, I've really guitar kind of, solos kind of, yeah. yeah guitar yeah. solos it's not something I've kind of studied mm. or tried to Try to do. <laughs> you didn't go to guitar solo school. <laughs> no, but well, I mean, there's you know, there's like people who. Really, I mean, I, I think there was a period when I was in high school where like I I, I would learn guitar solos kind of mm. note for note from records and stuff sure. like that. Yeah. But I sort of abandoned that at a, at a certain point, and yeah. um, but there are certain solos that. Anyway, I just I decided that I really wanted to learn mm. and teach this guy Ben the guitar solo to just what I needed by the Cars. Oh wow! Which is a really, it's a really good solo. It's like it's kind of a lot of information packed into a really short period of time. I, I'm trying to I, I hear hear the keyboard part, but I'll play it for you. I, I, it's sort of coming, but I can definitely hear the, the like the keyboard. Part of that song, but <laughs> you mean the yeah, solo is is cool. Let's see. <laughs> it's very slick. It's a very yeah. I mean, it's very like you can definitely tell it was done in the seventies. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So I'll see. Yeah. 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 Did he choose that or did no? He, no, I, you chose it. No, and so this, this he was, left that to you. To, this was an instance, yeah. I, I, and I, I was talking with another student about this process where mm. like, I, I sometimes pick out things that I'm personally a little obsessed with. Yeah. That week. Yeah. And then I just make other, you know, and, and she's like, "Well, we're sort of paying for your curatorial skills here." Sure. Yeah. As well. And it's just like, there's. There's so much cool and interesting music out there. Yeah. And so it's, in, I think a lot of times I'm, I'm trying to pick things that I think certain people would like or that they would, yeah. that they would 
that would help their playing. Yeah. Do you have to you have to get to know them a little while before you can figure that out about them, or I mean, in some cases, yeah. some some of them I can figure it out right away. Yeah. And, like and that, this guy wants to learn how to play guitar solos. Yeah, he was definitely yeah. It it it, it sort of came out over time that he was he was really into sort of like you know on on the bluesier rock and end of things. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah. But so then there's other people that are totally the opposite, or or like so, who? Uh, it really depends. Uh, it really depends, and um, and it, and especially with kids, like like kids are. How young do they go? Like, what's the youngest you? My got? youngest is eight. Wow. Yeah. If an eight-year-old girl drummer. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I I started playing. They made me play instruments when I was five. You know, so <laughs> a piccolo flute. Yeah. That got changed to a violin. That's where the mis- that's where the horror started. The violin was the mistake. <laughs> I took violin for a year in third grade, and at the end of, end of the year, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I wasn't into it. I had eight. <laughs> it was a problem. <laughs> but, you know, like, there's a 14-year-old girl I teach on Skype who lives in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. and, and I've been working on some Bowie stuff with her mm. recently. She's super into Bowie. And on guitar then, or yeah, yeah guitar and then and then her mom told me that she'd been doing a report for school about dc punk mm. and sort of like like the history of dc yeah. punk and uh and i and i so i said i, I hear you're getting into dc punk and she was like yeah and I, and I said well we should learn some minor threat you know? yeah and so uh, <laughs> you know I, she was super psyched to learn yeah. it but it's like that stuff is it's so it's so fast yeah, it's really, it's really fast. It's it's it's, uh, it's kind of alarming just like <laughs> just playing that stuff because yeah. it's it's faster than you think it's gonna be. Yeah, do you play in bands that played that fast? Um, <laughs> like, like that kind of like like when you were young, young or like... when I was in college, I was in a band called Pay the Man that had that had a few songs that yeah. were in that. Yeah, like like we were all. Like we were all super into like the bad brains and and, mm. and the germs and stuff yeah. like that, and so that wasn't all of our songs, but we had, yeah. we had a few songs that were in that kind of hardcore. <laughs> so I mean, I, I've I've played stuff that fast. Yeah. So last week, what was it? Yeah, I, yeah. Last Friday, yeah, I went to see Doug. Doug was playing us. He's got a solo thing. Right. I'd never seen him do that before. Just really, playing by himself? Just by himself. Wow. With yeah, he had two amplifiers. He was doing like there was because he's got a solo recording thing. Yeah. That I think he's got. I haven't heard it, but I think there are some people that play on it. Yeah. That, uh, I haven't heard it yet, which is. Uh, it's really interesting, and I should order it. It's really cool it that uh, to hear somebody you've played, you've heard like I've heard Doug play like a billion times in many different contexts. I've never heard him do that. Yeah, it's different, and and it's funny. I mean, I I saw him a little bit before and said hello, and he was, a, was like, "I hate playing by myself." <laughs> yeah. it was like a surprise, weird thing for me to. I didn't. I don't know if he was. It was like nervous or like he just didn't like it. I don't know what the thing was, but it was really interesting to hear him in a different context like that. Yeah. Well, that's that's funny because he and I talked about touring at one point and um 
you know, and I, you know, like I've done a lot of touring, playing by myself and mm-hmm. traveling by myself. Yeah. And he, he, he said, he was like, well, you know, the main thing I really like about playing music is like playing with other people and, and hanging out with other people. Right. You know, so it was... He didn't, he didn't say as much, but I I think he was kind of like I can't imagine doing what you know what what I was doing. Yeah, he know? he seemed real like I don't know, put a little bit uncomfortable about like the prospect of that. He was mm. not. He seemed kind of. It's not that you know Doug is super like forthcoming to strangers usually, but like he seemed kind of he looked kind of more inward than usual about okay. it, like. It was really cool, though. I mean, it was it was a little bit, you know, it was a little bit. You could definitely tell it was the guy that does broke back, but like sure. it's not. But it's just a guitar with with a bunch of effects and stuff and two amplifiers, you know. Like so, there's different sa- there's you know layers and stuff. Okay. Yeah, it was really cool. I wish I I, I would I mean I would love to see it. And it was opening for a group called Ibises, which is also very cool. It's it's Dan Bitney, Nick McCree, and this guy. Steve Marquette is a guitarist. He's younger. Okay. Really, really good. They have they have a record too. Sort okay. Of, yeah, really cool well, stuff. That's great. Yeah. At, at Constellation. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I like. Yeah, I mean, that's how it's exciting to me to see people you know who I've been a fan of or go see all the time doing something, like not like completely off the wall, but like. Different, you yeah. know. Well, Doug's pretty, uh, pretty intrepid musician. You know, he's just like he really. Um, he's he's so inventive. He's so inventive melodically. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I mean the the songs on the last. I guess it was the last broke back. Broke back record, um, which is so uh, so complex and, and so imaginative. He's really uh, yeah, I love that band. I really. He's, I, mean, I mean, I love playing with him yeah. and and and, uh, and everything, but I, I also just I have such uh, admiration for him for as as a musically inventive person. <laughs> and you've been playing it with him a long time. Was was Pullman the first thing you guys did or did you play before Pullman? That was the first that was like first, I think like that was the first time. Yeah, together. that was the first time us playing together. Yeah. And that and that was, you know, Bundy put that together. So I I had I had met Doug mm-hmm. and and we had I know Eleventh Dream Day and Come had played this really hilarious show in Cincinnati one time. Um, Why was it hilarious? Oh, it was just, it was really stupid. It was like, um, we were playing this huge place called Bogarts, Mm -hmm. and this band called Ultra Vivid Scene was headlining, and then... uh, Sounds familiar. I know that name. I don't know what they were, but... uh, And there was this other band, Grantly Buffalo, and um, so it was like this very stacked bill, and, you know, playing for like 20 people. (laughs) Right, yeah. This place holds like a thousand people, and it's like, that's gonna be a... It's gonna be a huge show, and you know, it's like twenty people, and ultra vivid scene. We're just acting like total rock stars, and, mm. and I, th- I think they were in the midst of like a completely soul-crushing tour, and yeah. just taking it out on everybody around them. So, so yeah, that was cool. Um, and that's when you met met those I, guys. I feel like, like that's the first time that I met all uh, the Eleventh Dream Day 
people? I think so. Yeah. I think so. So about like what the the nineties? That was ninety three. No, okay, ninety three. Yeah, on, like on the first U.S. come tour. Oh, okay. And then um, I don't know. I must have run into Doug elsewhere, like going to see Tortoise or or something. Mm. But um, and then Bundy had the idea. Bundy basically just called me and and Doug and Curtis and was like, four of us are going to make an acoustic guitar record together." You know, he was, he, was, he was very like, "This is going to happen." He was announced to you that he, <laughs> that he just this announced was it happened. to the four of, to, to you know the three of us, and you didn't I, have a say in the matter. I didn't have an acoustic guitar. You know, I, uh, I I bought a. Uh, Spanish guitar when, uh, on tour with Com mm-hmm. for like a hundred dollars, and that's what I used on the record. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that was that was like the first time working with him. Yeah. But then he and I have done tons of stuff since then. Yeah, you had that. Uh, what was the band with Elliot? Uh, Flashlights. Flashlights. Yeah, I yep. remember that. And uh, Charnel Ground. Charnel which, Ground. Which I I I think or hope is still. A, like will it, an extant thing. Will be unearthed again. It will, it will rise again. Charnel ground. I hope will, so. Will rise again. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's a cool record. I like that record a lot. That Charnel ground record. Thanks. Well, me and Doug and and John recorded a bunch of stuff in Brooklyn mm. like four years ago. Yeah. And I think Doug was pretty unhappy with with the the sound on it but I think there was I think there was a lot of good stuff in there so mm. I'm hoping to try to revisit that but in, in any case it would it would be great to play with with both those guys in that in that context we, we did some show we did like a little we did like a week of shows in Europe and we did some East Coast shows and with Doug playing right. yeah, Doug yeah, playing, yeah Doug, with Doug, Doug playing, playing yes yeah because yeah, James played on the record yeah, and then he, right. he didn't want to do anything after that so we asked Doug to do it instead um then flashlights backed up alan licked one night mm. under the name alan licked and the pricks <laughs> and um and doug and i played with reese chatham mm. in, in his ensemble for like a, a week of shows and uh i've i did a tour Filling in uh, for Mark Greenberg with Eleventh Dream Day. I, I saw you with Eleventh Dream Day. Oh, okay. At, at the bottle. Okay. I have a drawing of, of you playing with Eleventh okay, Dream yeah. Day at the bottle. Yeah. 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 So you just played like one tour with them? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad I, I caught that then. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, we must have played at the bottle and then went to Europe after that or something. Yeah, because that was before like El- Elkington came in. He wasn't part of. Right. Uh, dream day yet right at that point right yeah I just did one of the I just uh, did a talk with Janet uh, a couple weeks ago a few weeks ago that'll be up soon cool yeah that's fun (laughs) trying to reconstruct like the time a little bit like this but like with (laughs) she couldn't remember which band started first like we were talking about dream day versus freak water you know like yeah because they're kind of close together but yeah. yeah. No, it's. I mean, it's like it's eternally frustrating to me that Doug and I live in different cities. Because mm, yeah. I think it, I think if I if I actually lived in Chicago, we would yeah. probably, we'd probably be playing together a lot. 
Yeah. That would be cool if you lived in Chicago. <laughs> I'd enjoy that as well. Yeah, you know, I, I, I thought, I mean, you know, I, I, I dated somebody for a while, and so I, I, I was there, I was there quite a lot for, yeah. for the, the time when, when she and I were going out, and, um, I thought, of, I don't know, I thought about actually moving there, but I think, um, I think I'm an East Coast person. Well, yeah, it's. It's important to know, where, you know, where yeah. where you're most comfortable, where you belong. Like, yeah, we talked about this before, but yeah, I so don't have a good time here. It's just, I'm I'm here to visit my parents, and fact, and then then I get the fuck out. And like, you're, you're you're like the only other person I'll probably see while I'm here, aside wow. from my parents. Wow. Because there's just not, you they know, they don't have a whole lot of ties here. No, no, it's all gone. I mean, I haven't lived here since the beginning of 97. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, we moved here, you know, from the Soviet Union when I was seven. Uh, and right. I, I lived around here until I was like 18. Yeah. And those, those were not good years, most of them. And then for some fool reason, I graduated art school and moved back here in 93 which is when I got to go see Come a lot and stuff, yeah. but which was great. But other than that, and a few other little <laughs> consolation prize highlights, is I started driving a cab, and that's not good. <laughs> not not good for me, you know. Here, yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, basically, yeah. It's like you and Talia are like the only people I know who I you know respect who who love this place, <laughs> and it's amazing to me. <laughs> It's like an intractable mystery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great. But if you know that, that's great. That's all that matters, you know? <laughs> yeah, I feel, I feel very... I mean, there's... Yeah, there's there's plenty to complain about here, but I, I, I feel very comfortable here. Yeah. And um, I feel like I, I have a good community here, and, you know, my, my home life is really good, and so... Um, right. Um, you know, my, my girlfriend's kid is, is in eighth grade and he's, you know, he's on a course to, he's going to start going to Ringe Latin mm. you know, next year. So, I mean, like, we're certainly here through yeah. that, through that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, of course. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know where else I would go at this point. Well, yeah, that's, that's the problem is that, you know, like, you know, my parents would love it if I live closer, like, you know, and periodically, not as often anymore, New York comes up, but I'd be a tourist in New York. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. and then there's like the money part of it, which is, I don't, I don't know how I could make that work. Yeah. You'd have to win the lottery. Yeah. To, to live in a broom closet in New York, you know? Yeah. For yeah. me now, yeah, New York is a cool place for like a day. I like it, you know, like I'll like go to the museum and having a nice meal and seeing a, a play or something or mu hearing music and then I'm done, you know? Yeah. Like, the, I don't know. But it was cool because yeah, I went there, I was supposed to have lunch with a friend, but it, he couldn't make it, but he gave me, like he told me what bar to go to and what restaurant to go to, like in the theater district, because he lives there. I wouldn't have known that, you know? Yeah. I would have gone to some other place, you know. <laughs> I mean, most of my family is in New York, yeah. and um, and and a lot of my favorite people, yeah, are in New York. So, 
I try to get there as much as I can. Yeah. Um, although increasingly, and certainly since the pandemic, um, I like being at home much more. Yeah. Like it. Like the pan. I feel like the pandemic sort of turned me into a homebody. Actually, actually, in kind of a good way. Yeah. Or like in a, in a way that feels positive to me. Right. No, I mean, I know a lot of people learn all kinds of things about themselves during the, you know, the full-on lockdown part of that. I don't know if I learned anything, but... <laughs> I don't know. I don't think that I necessarily learned anything. I just think I changed. Oh, you think you actually changed? Yeah. Like you wouldn't have naturally, like as the years gone by, wanting to be at home more without it, you, th- you don't think? I think, well, I... I definitely was was burnt out on traveling as much as I was, mm. and I and I didn't really know how to s- stop that. Hmm. And and then the pandemic was like, you stop right now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like so. It just it it forced me to stop. But then, just like Bundy saying you're going to be in an acoustic band, exactly. <laughs> a guitar band, exactly, <laughs> laying down the law. Yeah, well, not really necessarily a band, just just yeah. making a recording. Yeah. But um, um, yeah, but I I just um, it was it was more like I really came to appreciate being at home, mm. being here. You know, being I mean I, I was very fortunate in that like, um, you know my home circumstances were really good and like. I teach out there in our garage. Yeah. Which is, you know, like it's warm and comfortable. It's not like fancy, but it's like yeah. warm and comfortable. And so like I was able to, to teach out there. My girlfriend switched to teaching dance here in the living room mm. and her son switched to going to school upstairs in his bedroom. Right. On Zoom. So it was like we were all able to do that without yeah, without without being like literally on top of each other. I mean, structurally, we were sort of yeah. stacked. Yeah. <laughs> we were actually on top of each other, yeah. but um, but but not in a in a, not in a bad way. Yeah, and um, but yeah, I mean, it was you know, pandemic was like the longest I've been anywhere since like 1991, mm. and uh, and I really came to like it. Yeah, and um, and I think. Um, I mean, now I, I sort of look at like how much I was touring, even like three years ago, and it's just like unimaginable to me now. Like, so I'm, I'm, I'm not no, no going back. Not like, interested, yeah. Not interested in that. Yeah, like you used to be like on the road all the time. All the time. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and and I mean, I guess that's what made sense at the time. Mm. Now it's just like I can't even. I mean, part of it is is that like I I feel like I'm part of um, a, a family and yeah. and part of like a. Like something where we all work together, yeah. and uh, and so I I feel like I like it doesn't make sense for me to be away from that all the time. Sure. Um, I don't know. It's I, I mean I'm I'm still figuring it out, and I and I I, mean, I still like playing, and I still do like seeing different parts of the world and and, and seeing friends out there and everything. But yeah. it's it's. Uh, for whatever reason, it's just like it's it's way less compelling than it was to me for for decades. Yeah. 
That, yeah, and it was really... totally, it was totally compelling to me for for a really really long time, mm -hmm. and then that that changed. So yeah, so whenever before that, you you could have seen yourself just continuing that way like forever, until whatever. Until I dropped the, dead. Right. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be like Bob Dylan like dying on stage <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I think that's his, I think that's his plan. Is that his, that's his goal. Seems like what what is it called the the never ending tour that started tour. like nineteen eighty eight or something. He'll probably die on his tour bus. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hopefully. He and, he you, and, you don't want to traumatize X thousand people, you know. But he and he and Willie Nelson will probably die yeah. on their tour buses, which is fine. But that's, that's not. Yeah, that's. No, I was I, first of all, I don't have a tour bus. Right. Secondly, uh, that's yeah. The, yeah, it's sort of a different way of even. I mean, you still get that travel thing, but. Yeah, it's a different way of traveling if you have a whole... It's different if you're a rock star. Yes. <laughs> Everything's different if you're a rock star. So if the, the tour bus pulled up here, you'd have to re maybe perhaps have some calculations. <laughs> if the tour bus wouldn't fit down this, this street, That's, actually. There you go. I, I, saw, I saw an 18-wheeler yesterday morning trying to navigate going down pleasant and then turn like this like super hard left turn on the river yeah. and they like they just had to go backwards they had to right go back. it's, yeah it's yeah cambridge port's pretty tight cambridge in general is pretty tight yeah 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 I, I forget i mean i get used to since i've been in chicago so long just the the size of everything the streets it's just so much everything's just so much wider yes <laughs> and uh yeah uh, yeah there's just more room i don't know all around <laughs> yeah yeah it seem it feels a little bit like miniature but like new york does too actually uh in the way that people are just pressed together yep like there's just no there's never such a glut of people in chicago that way that like new york and parts of boston are yep not jammed together May, yeah maybe that's part of what, but yeah i'm just very used to how it is out there <laughs> yeah but yeah pandemic i mean pandemic for me was just like li living like me but more it's like the rest of the world started living the way i do most of the time mm -hmm. which is solitary and i know it drove a lot of people crazy they didn't know that's why they were on zoom all the time you know they, they couldn't stand that uh-huh yeah well there's there's also pe i mean there's there's people i know who were very solitary types and, and very and very shut-in types and and so I thought that those people would would really thrive yeah. in the pandemic environment and and a, a lot of them didn't yeah a lot of like like no I mean the, I like, don't... The, like the pandemic wasn't wasn't good for them and, and I was and I was talking with a friend of mine about it and I said I, I wonder why that was the case and and she was like she thought that like those people who are more sort of shut in, mm -hmm. like they have like a few strands going out there, mm -hmm. you know, to the yeah. to, to to like a few people and, and to the world, and like those strands are actually really crucial. Yeah, and if those strands aren't, you know, like if that gets cut off, then like those those people don't. No, I mean I knew, don't. Do well. I know you know a couple of people that didn't make it through. You know they. <laughs> gone Just couldn't do it you know <laughs> yeah do you ever know mark orleans yeah i knew mark yeah yeah this first couple of months of pandemic i mean <laughs> many many issues but <laughs> i i think 
being shut away was not just did, did not work for him <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i mean i hadn't been close to him in a while but uh yeah, yeah he yeah we went terrible. yeah he went he, he went to the art institute we crossed paths like a year or something for a year he was he's he was a few years older than me but uh yeah he lost his mind on painting switched to music <laughs> you know but yeah he yeah, didn't make it <laughs> and yeah he's not not the only one yeah they, no it's true they they couldn't deal with the yeah the isolation whereas uh, yeah I, I think i could have kept going <laughs> i was so productive <laughs> yeah well i was i mean i i really enjoyed it but my it it was it was not great for me like creatively mm. and i think I mean, I, I just I haven't been writing songs, and that's mm. that's been going on for a while. Yeah. I mean, fortunately, I had this kind of like backup of of recorded stuff, and so, you know, like I put out Puritan last mm. year, and I yeah. put out the the new Martha's Vineyard Fairies record last year, and everyone was like, "Wow, you've been very productive during the pandemic." They were, I was, they I was were like, like, all this stuff, before. all this yeah. stuff was finished, and in, in I think in both cases, like like right before the pandemic started. But um, I don't know. I, I think like. I think psychologically, I just said, okay, you know, in, in order for me to write, I kind of need like the whole like sort of like wash of people and everything. So if I don't have that, then I'm just going to study and teach music. Mm. And I, and it was like, I was almost like, I just kind of like switched my brain and, into that mode. And, mm. I, and it's been, I feel like it's been hard for me to, to switch. To switch it back. Switch, to, it, yeah. switch it back. So, huh. I mean, I, I have a few songs that I'm working on right now more music than than melodies or, or lyrics yeah. but um well you're saying you're you're working on a score but that yeah. you feel like that's different that's sort of like off to the side of not not that's what you're different talking, from yeah. that's different from writing songs yeah for me you know no i remember it was really cool on, on criterion i think i mentioned this to you sometime i turned on that the documentary you did a score it was like one of your first was the guy's name it's about the punks, sort of about. Oh, um, Roddy Bagawa. Yes, that one. Yeah, I that. was I was born, but. Yeah, that, and yeah, as soon as soon as the music came on, I knew I knew instantly who it was. Oh. You know, but it's like, it's, and that's funny how that works, because it's not like, you know, you're playing, you know, some of the same notes that many other people are playing, but like, how does that? Why is that, that you can tell, with some you can just tell, you know. Well, that's nice. That's yeah, I was like, I know that, I know that music, <laughs> and I hadn't ever heard that soundtrack before. You know? Yeah, well, it was all electric guitar. Yeah, based, pretty pretty much all electric yeah. guitar. So, yeah, that was really fun. I just got to see um, Mark Rebo playing along to uh, Charlie Chaplin's "The Kid." Oh yeah, I've seen in Chicago. That. That's that I've was so him, cool. I've seen him do that. It's yeah, so beautiful. Yeah, amazing, and. And Jim Jarmusch was in the audience because he'd done a talk before, so that was kind of uh -huh. cool just to see him, like, um, yeah, I missed that. That was sold out, but, like, yeah, it was very cool. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I saw Mark Rebo do that in Seattle when I was still living there. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, I'd heard him play. He had a night at Constellation where he picked a bunch of, like, shorter movies to play stuff to. Mm. That was really cool. I don't remember what he was playing to, but it was stuff that he'd chosen. Yeah. But this is just all of the whole Charlie Chaplin movie. That's cool. It was very cool. 
I'm doing something akin to that at MIT in about a week and a half. Oh, sweet. On November 30th. Like movies you chose or? or... Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's three interviews uh, with homeless drug addicts. Wow. That I found on YouTube. Like, re, like recent, rec recent yeah, interviews? Yeah, from this year and last year. Uh, just two guys in Arizona and a, a woman. In like a meth people or? Uh, the, woman in, the woman in Portland's addicted uh, to fentanyl. Mm. And uh, the two guys in, the two guys in Arizona, well, they're both addicted. They're both addicted to these um, they call them blues, and, and I think it's like it's like thirty milligram Percocets, but but they know that it's like it's it's, it's all fentanyl. Like, yeah. like it's like it's like it's bootlegs and it's, and it's fentanyl, and that's that's actually what they're addicted to. Right. Uh, and then there's another interview that I'm doing, which is uh, actually from 1961, is an interview with a, a catatonic schizophrenic. Ooh. And uh, who speaks in this? He speaks in a, like very slow cadences. Mm. Like, and, like they'll answer a question, they ask him a question, and he'll kind of sit there for about ten seconds, and then he'll finally answer. Oh, see, I, so there's yeah, there's obviously there's going to be sound on these, and you're playing behind like around that. I'll just I'll just be playing live to it. To yeah. it while they're while they're talking. Yes. Wow. Yes. Are you playing guitar or are you playing? Um, you don't it's know. definitely get acoustic guitar on on one of them. Hmm. Um, I think I'm gonna be playing um, just snare drum with um, that that's like mic and, and going through some some effects hmm. with one of them. Um, yeah, but probably probably mostly electric guitar. Right, and and electric guitar on, on on some of it. But how did that come to? How did that program? come together is that something you you pitched or no no um i know a guy named christian Fredrickson mm. who was in a, a band called rachel's oh i know that name the rachel's, rachel's was rachel's. like it was jason from rodan okay and uh, a woman named rachel grimes on piano and this guy christian played i think viola mm. violin or viola um and i was i was friends with them and Christian got a job at MIT a, couple mm. year, a few years ago, and he developed has developed this new program, kind of bringing together musicians and with the visual arts. In a nutshell, um, so he he asked me about six months ago if I was if I'd be interested in doing something. And he left it up to you. Uh, yeah, totally what, to me. what the yeah, totally left it up to me. Huh. And um, I mean, he he knew that I had been doing because um, we we gotten together for coffee, and and this was a, a couple of years ago. And at that point, I was doing a lot of I'd done several shows doing live scores to the yeah. films of this guy named Peter Hutton. Peter Hutton was a you know sort of filmmaker and, and academic who who made silent movies uh. like for you know fifty years. Wow, uh, I mean, up, up up to the present day. Yeah, really beautiful stuff. And after 
after he passed away, I had, I had started watching his movies primarily on, on YouTube mm-hmm. and being like, what would it be like to put scores to these? You know, <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and I had to... I had to watch a lot of interviews with him and sort mm-hmm. of figure out like like what he was what he was getting at and what yeah. he was what he was trying to do and and um, you know and and I asked his family you know if it was yeah. if it was cool for me to do that uh, most mostly dealt with his daughter yeah and and she was she was totally cool with it so anyway I was I was doing that a lot um, I did several different performances. Um, a couple of them with uh, a guy in Dublin named Matthew Nolan who uh, had helped book me in, to do that in Dublin and he and I kind of collaborated on a couple shows mm. um, and uh, so Christian knew that I was I think knew was aware that I was doing that and, and asked if I would do something something kind of along those lines yeah that's cool but then the decision to, to do you know to do it with these particular interviews was something I just kind of came up with recently. Yeah. How, <laughs> were you, were you particularly watching a series of interviews with with drug addicts, like for for kicks? Yes, <laughs> uh, kind of. Hey, um, everybody has their fun their own way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, everyone's got their different forms yeah. of yeah. YouTube deep dives. <laughs> I think I was kind of like. I was like, you know, I was I was watching some of the news stories mm. that, that you can find on YouTube about like, you know, first about like the scene going on at Mass and Cass here. I don't know if you're familiar. With I what is. is that? So the corner of um, Mass Ave mm-hmm. and uh, Melnia Cass Boulevard, right, is that that intersection and yeah. sort of the several blocks around it is, is near like, the hus- is, hospital is yeah over there yeah 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 it's like it's like the biggest drug zone in, yeah. right, in new england right now. right um it's like a yeah there's open air drug market open air, yeah. yeah open yeah. open air drug market and yeah. i had i'd driven by there a couple mm-hmm. times over the last year just because i was i was doing some recording in a studio pretty pretty close by only yeah. just a couple of blocks from like yeah. The big spot, and I kind of drove past it. And I was like, couldn't believe, couldn't believe what I was seeing. I was, I mean, I've seen that kind of thing like in Vancouver or in like, yeah, uh, you know, Zurich or you know, I don't know, like uh, San Francisco is just like the fucking Walking Dead. I, I was there about a year, almost a year ago, and I was just like, wow, this is horrendous. Where were you? Was just, we're walking down everywhere Market Street, <laughs> like. Five ten deep, like on each sidewalk, just The Walking Dead, you know, and then waiting around. Periodically, there would be trucks that would pull up either to dispense this or that, you know. And yeah, they, I mean, not even trying to get out of like in uh, apparently in from what I hear in a lot of neighborhoods. Not just it's not like the poor sec section or something. Yeah, it's not just. I mean, think for a long time it was it was mostly. Like just in the tenderloin or yeah. or, or that area, but with empty like, high rises above, waiting for tenants that will never come because they can do their job at home now. Like right. wherever the home well, is, yeah. that's not San Francisco, which is you know the most expensive city in America. Yeah, <laughs> or it was up until I don't know if it still is, but it was. It's sort recently. of neck and neck with Boston. Actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but right. um, yeah, people have said that about LA as well. That like you know 
couple of people. Well, because, yeah, if you have a temperate climate, so you're not going to die, die maybe out there, but you're going to do a real slow motion, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so so you, yeah, you were recording near, what's it called, Mass and Cast? Mass and Cast. Mass and Cast, and yeah. so you just kept seeing. I just kept that. seeing that, and so yeah. I, I started watching stuff on just sort of news reports on YouTube about it. And the thing is, like, you know, if, if you, you know, if you look for, like, a Queen video, you know, like, there's going to be a bunch of other Queen videos. Or yeah, like, sure. Or other, yeah. like, classic rock videos. The algorithm. It's along, telling you, yeah, yeah, yeah all the other things. The if so, you like this, you'll like that. Exactly. So I, I, so I, was, watching, I was watching stuff about, just about the, the scene in, in Boston. And then, yeah. you know, there were, there's, like, there's tons of YouTube channels of, of, Interviews with homeless drug addicts. Mm. It's because I guess it's like a thing. Yeah. And uh, I think um, I, I I mean I, I obviously my hope is not to you know like sensationalize anything, yeah. but sort of like you know try to give some you know dignity and respect to you know. Uh, people who are who are struggling, who are people who are struggling with a problem that like we're we're doing such a shitty job with, you know, and sure, and yeah. you know, and I, and I feel like you know, I don't know, it's just like on 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 so many levels, we're like not even at the dawn of scientifically understanding like how addiction works and 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 right. what are the best ways to 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 work with it. Um. But they keep coming up with these drugs with like sup these super drugs, like the they're like heavier and he like they just knock you out faster and faster, you know. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean it's I mean that's been, I mean heroin was addicted, you know heroin was invented to you know to get people off of morphine. Oh, uh, okay. You know, so I mean, like yeah. each each time you know, and then like, then they invented methadone to get people yeah. off of heroin. You know, it's just yeah. like it's, it's it's like it's. Um, I don't know. They're they're not just the. There's that documentary coming up. I'm really looking forward to the about Nan Golden. Yeah, yeah. Which kind of deals with similar because she got addicted to painkillers. Yeah, and then she well, and then, then she led a lot of fights and protests against you know the Sacklers and the rest. Which was great. Yeah, and as and as you know, someone who's actually like a blue chip artist. You know, yeah, it was it was great that. Yeah. I mean, of course, you know, it was, it was fairly obvious that the only person who was actually going to do something like that is someone who, like, who had suffered it themselves. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, some other blue chip artist who didn't, who wasn't personally affected by, you yeah. know, opioid addiction isn't, isn't actually, right. isn't actually going to make the effort to do that. There was a really cool, uh, at the Art Institute, they had a, I guess they have one of her, that, the, the thing she's best known for, which is the, the ballad of sexual, sexual dependency. dependency. Yeah. But they have like the whole slideshow, and there's a playlist that she made to go with it. So it's like watching a movie. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, uh, I've yeah, never I've seen, seen that. that. Yeah, it's Does much, much, it? much more effective than uh, just flipping through a book. You know. Well, she. I mean, when I saw it, yeah. she provided. You know, the the best thing was that she played a uh, Dean Martin song. Mm. Uh, Memories are made of this. Oh. And that was playing as the yeah. last image. It was very effective. Yeah. It was very effective. For sure, yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a funny Nan Golden story. Sure. 
Um, so, a million years ago, when I was playing with both Codeine and Cum, um, Cum's manager, uh, this friend of mine, Tom, he and this guy, Neil, were, they were friends with Nan Golden, and she was in, she was in Germany for like a year doing a, doing an art thing there. Mm -hmm. And so they were subletting her apartment on the Bowery. Yeah. So this is the early 90s? Yeah, then? this was like 92. Yeah. And, um... And so, you know, Tom had said to me, he's like, you know, I've got Nan's apartment, like, if you ever you know, need to use it mm -hmm. or anything yeah. like that. And I was like, okay. And so I was, I went down to New York to record, actually, the album that, the coding record that just came out. Oh, the one, yeah, it's really cool. I bought that. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I really liked it. Thanks. <laughs> so I went down there to, re to re rehearse and record that. Yeah. And I stayed in Nan Golden's apartment. Huh. Uh, which was like a really cool apartment. Yeah. It was like piles of photos everywhere. Sure. And you know, like the first couple of nights, I was like, I can't touch any of her stuff. Mm -hmm. And then by like the third night, I was, <laughs> You're third night, I was like, fuck yeah. this. Yeah. So I was just, I was, I was, I was really getting into ice coffee. I never had much of a relationship with coffee before, mm. and I got yeah. really into ice drinking iced coffee. Yeah. At, at, Right then, so I would we would we would practice, and then I would I would drink these iced coffees and just like stay up all night, just like rifling through Nan Golden's. Like I mean, it was just like piles and piles and piles and piles yeah. of prints everywhere, and, and I loved her stuff. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was so cool. So I rifled through a lot of I you know, I mean I was respectful. And, yeah. Um, but you yeah. never you never met her. Well, you... maybe like a year later, I was waiting tables. I worked at this bar at this restaurant in Boston called Cecil's, and uh, where is Cecil's? It's not there anymore. No, I mean like yeah. It used to be on South Street. Okay. In the in the um, the leather district. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so I was. I, I worked at this restaurant for like five years, mm. and uh, I was waiting tables, and I would was waiting on Nan Golden, mm. and so I came up to her and I was like. Hey man, uh, I stayed at, like yo, like like last year I stayed at your place for like three weeks. It was dope. And she was like, she was she was not. She was like, who the fuck are you? Like, yeah, a, yeah, like a, yeah. Like she was, she was not happy. She was very. She seemed uh, defensive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I I tried to I tried to sort of back. I was like, I'm friends with Tom and Neil. And, yeah, yeah. And she was kind of like, she seemed pretty leery of me, so. It wasn't wasn't the greatest meeting, but um, um, yeah, that's my Nan Golden story. That's cool. That's it. No, that, that, get, that's get, my entire Nan Golden story. <laughs> that's, all, that's, that's all I got. Yeah, no, I've, I've never. And actually, and actually, I I went to her show mm -hmm. in in you know she was in Germany for a year, mm. and then I went to the show that she put on, which was which was sponsored by I think by Volkswagen. Wow. And uh, uh, it was a huge show. It was amazing. Yeah. It was, it was so... It was uh, In Germany? Yeah. Or, oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was I was dating somebody in Germany, and, and, uh, and we went to the show, and uh, yeah, it was incredible. I, I mean, I'm a huge fan. I, she's a genius. I'm a big fan of her work. No, I'm... Yeah, my way... When I'm, I'm driving out of here Sunday morning, but I'm stopping in Kingston, New York, to have lunch with Lucy Sant, who was, oh, yeah. was friends with... Nan Golden. Okay. Sure. They knew each other back, you know, way back when. Okay. Probably like when the, the Ballad of Sexual Dependency 
okay, were being please done. give Lucy my regards. Yeah. I've hung out with Lucy pretty recently. You did? In the last year, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. I will do. Yeah, try to see each other, you know. Yeah, I'm pretty pretty tight with their friend Mimi Lipson. Yeah. Yeah, I think we talked about Yeah, because Mimi's from Cambridge. Yeah. Yeah. Mimi's great. Yeah, Mimi's cool. I, I met Mimi once or twice because they'd come for book stuff in Chicago a couple of times. Yeah. Cool people. Yep. But yeah, the, yeah, all those... The New York people that, you know, like, made this stuff that, like, means a lot to me. They all seem to live around there now. <laughs> or, like, no, so many of them. No, it's true. It's I know true. Jar- Jarmusch lives up there somewhere. Like, they all do. No, it was, yeah. it was, it was crazy. Talia and I played there, played at Tubby's, mm-hmm. which is kind of like the, you know, the cool spot to play yeah. there now. We played there, I want to say, it's it like four years, almost four years ago, mm-hmm. three or four years ago. And uh, we were like Kingston. I was like Kingston. Yeah. Like, why are we playing Kingston, yeah. New York? And uh, and then all these people I knew were there, and they had all they'd all moved up there like in the last ten years. Yeah, I think you know, pandemic haste like, really turbocharged Hudson's, a lot of that. Yeah. Hudson's priced out. Yeah. Uh, but like Kingston, Saugerties. Yeah, I know there's a lot. Still, Troy, New York. There's a lot of stuff. Yes. People moving up there. Yep book people art people like there's art centers and stuff all yeah being built up up that way yeah it's cool <laughs> it's cool yeah the only thing I know, I've never done anything in Kingston New York except for visit Lucy <laughs> yep that's all I know about that place I know how to get to well you should definitely go to Tubby's it's a it's yeah. a really nice very homey kind of scene there yeah if I ever have time to actually spend time there <laughs> But yeah, I'm gonna go have lunch and keep driving west. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's fair enough. Yeah. Well, yeah. please, please uh, give Lucy my regards. Will do. Yeah, will do. So what? Uh, I think the last time I saw you, you had a you had a band playing here. There was some. There was a local band. Yeah, I'm playing. Was, I'm playing in a new band called Lupo Cheetah. Lupo Cheetah. Yeah. How's that? How's that going? It's good. Yeah. It's good. Uh, we're kind of slowly making an, an album mm. um and actually when i when i said i was down at that studio that was close to the to the mass at to mass and cast yeah it was yeah it was recording with them so um it's 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 these two women um sarah and jen who are married to one another mm-hmm. and um sarah plays guitar and bass and mm. jen sings and plays drums yeah and I was giving Sarah guitar lessons. Mm-hmm. I think I'd met them, I don't know, some, sometime over the last two years. Yeah. And through through mutual friends. And um, they were working on a recording, and they asked if I would come in and play rhythm guitar on one song. Mm-hmm. So I went in, and I played... They were recording four songs, and I ended up playing on all four songs. Mm-hmm. And and I was like, wow, this stuff sounds pretty cool. And then they <laughs> they said they asked if if the two of them could open for a show that I was doing. Yeah. And I said sure. And they're like, well, would you play guitar? <laughs> and I was like, sure. 
So Will you open your own show for your <laughs> Yes, which which I did. And so yeah, so suddenly basically I was I was in this band. Yeah. And uh it's great. It's um it's it's very I guess I would describe it as garagey. Yeah. It's maybe the easiest well, way. Is it fast or um, mid medium? Yeah. Mid tempo. Um but do you sing in it too, or no? no it's not. No. It's just no. They they really want me. They really want me to start singing and, uh, and doing some some lyrics and stuff. But which which I I may end up doing. Yeah. Um, but it's. I mean, Jen, who writes the songs, she's really she really kind of drives the band, and they're just um, they're really nice people, really enthusiastic, yeah. and um, and and I'm. I definitely serve a function in that band that I, I haven't done a lot. Kind of oh, like, like like sort of playing rhythm guitar. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but um, I mean, I, I I do more than that, but I feel yeah. like that's that's my main function yeah. that, with that group. Um, yeah, I'm trying to let's see. We played a show, and and some friends of mine were like, they're like, yeah, it was kind of like. It's kind of like the cramps. Mm. It's kind of like the royal trucks. Yeah. It's kind of like beat happening. Oh. I was like, okay, those are. I, I was like, I like all those bands. Yeah. You know. <laughs> They're not insulted with any. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, so we we have recorded nine songs and we're we're still working on the mix on on some of them, but hopefully we'll have a record together pretty soon. Sweet. No. Yeah. Look forward to hearing that. That'd be cool. Yeah. And what are there other uh, other pro? Yeah, you have the the film thing coming up. Have the film There's, thing coming up. Uh, the it's cut. It's come done for a while, or is is there another record being re? They're reissuing all of them. They're right? reissuing yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So gently down the stream and near life experience are both coming out next mm. spring. Oh. So you're gonna play some shows for that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, we're definitely playing. Well, it looks like we're gonna play Primavera mm. in in Spain and and a few other shows around that, and I think I think like a week of shows in the UK. Yeah. Um. And beyond that, I'm I'm not sure what else, where else we're gonna play. I mean, yeah. I, I, and this is. This is gonna sound like I'm, you know, blowing smoke up your ass, but like really, like like the one place that I wa I feel like we should play in the U.S. is Chicago. Wow. You know, because I, mean, uh, I you know I think Chicago is the best place. Well, I mean, like, it's like we played the East Coast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We played we played L.A. and San Francisco uh, six months ago. Mm. And um, I don't yeah, know. you guys didn't. Didn't play this 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 go around or the the recent one, right? You didn't come to Chicago. No, we yeah. haven't we haven't been to Chicago since. You played at the Bottle sometime a few years ago. I don't know how many years ago that yeah. was, but yeah, I, I was definitely yeah, well, that, that was that was like nine or ten years ago. Right. But we have we haven't, <laughs> we haven't been to Chicago since since these reissues started coming out. So I saw Talia play there. This was with the the live skull thing. Right. She, and, and right. She, she was playing. Her band was playing, but Live Skull was also playing. Right. I mean, obviously, I think we should play Talia Hall. Of course. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. like, like, where else will we, I mean. Yes. 
So, I don't know. They, they built a whole cool theater in her in her honor. <laughs> in her honor, yeah. It's incredible. 100 years before she was born. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Um, they so, knew she was coming. <laughs> hopefully we'll play there yeah. before too long. I saw D Doug play uh, Black Duck uh, oh, yeah. with his band with Bill. They yeah. opened for Yola Tango there. Ah, right, right, right. Yeah. I saw that. I thought that was happening. And uh, Codeine's going to do some stuff next year. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, because of this. Could Because this, of the new the re-release. The, the, the DeSau. DeSau. Or the not even re-release. The, the, the release, the, yeah. The final, final. It's finally coming out. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we're doing this numero weekend thing in Los Angeles in, uh -huh. in February. And... Man, that guy, I mean, before, it must have been before Numero, that guy, Rob Severe, he was dating a, a chick that I was working with at a Thai restaurant in, in Wicker Park. And it was uh -huh. just this guy who would come around and he kept, like, waiting. For, I, guess it, I guess she wanted to marry him and it didn't work out. But then, then he, like, Sorry. resurfaced and, with this whole Numero group thing. And I see him... I see him every few years, and he always like says hello and stuff. It's just, it's funny how you know people from yeah, right. other contexts, other places. Of course. And whatever they're doing just totally blows up and becomes a huge thing. Another guy I worked at the same restaurant with co-runs this thing called Renegade Craft Fair, which is a gigantic art and craft fair. It's in a bunch of cities. Started in Chicago, but okay. they do, you know, people. What do they call them now? Makers. You know, like they do crafts or something. Okay. I'm doing that. It's huge. It's like, it's just thousands of people come through. Wow. And this, you sell everything from t-shirts, prints, like anything that artsy craftsy that you can do. Yeah. So I've done it a couple of times and it's like, it's good money, but it's sort of overwhelming because you just have this massive humanity pressing down on like it feels like they're like really on you, you know? <laughs> which somebody who plays music that's like whatever who cares but like for somebody that's not used to that many eyes on you it's it's a lot it, just a couple of days of that is just exhausting yeah they had a pop-up market at the pitchfork music festival okay uh in the summer and i did that and it was three days and i felt like i'd been wrung out you know yeah and it's just me smiling at people and like describing what you know like here's this book that's what this book is about the elevator yeah, that's, pitch that's, you know it's not for everybody it's yeah. it's weird it's weird yeah but yeah that guy who wound up doing this huge pretty successful thing was just this he's a musician too you know okay yeah he's in a band called hurl oh in the 90s from pittsburgh rob was in hurl not rob no, oh. this is a, it was okay. the same restaurant, but okay. I don't know if Rob played, I don't know if Rob was, if he plays music. No, it's a guy named Matt Daly, that's his name. Oh, I think. I don't know if you know him. I think You would have probably crossed paths. Yeah. He has a brother named John Daly, who's a comedian, but Matt, and uh, you, you might know Matt Jensik, he was in that band. Uh, Noah Legger, who plays now in Facts, was in that band. Yep. Uh, they all moved together from Pittsburgh to like play rock music in a big, you know, they'd outgrown Pittsburgh. They moved to Chicago and they were in this band Hurl, which dissolved. And for a time he had, they had a band called Taking Pictures, which 
I think they recorded an album maybe, but uh, it sort of all receded and uh, Matt met this woman, Susie, who started the Renegade Craft Fair and now that's what he does. But he's still playing music, you know, he's still doing it. They have a house in Michigan somewhere and it's interesting how things go. It's nice, I don't know, for me, uh, you know, like Gen X, it's like a small generation and it doesn't seem like that many of us ever got to run anything, you know, like, I don't know, it doesn't feel like, compared to like millennials or boomers even more, Uh like it's nice when somebody more or less in my age group, you could see like, like just running a thing, like another friend just took over Myopic Books, the bookstore. Yeah. It's cool. like this guy JR is a great guy. He's a few years younger than me, but how old are you? I'm 52. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, it's it's just interesting yeah. how, how all that goes. Yeah, I don't know how. Do you, do you keep up with with people from like way back much? Like I don't know, college. I, I have like one college friend left. I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like I, I keep. Yeah. I keep up. I keep up with several people, I, probably a, a number of people from college, and, and a few people from high school. Yeah. Um, I really wanted, actually, my there was a high school reunion recently that I, I really wanted to go to. Yeah. Uh, but it was, Com was doing these Kurt Vile shows, and it was, mm. it was, it was during then, so I, I couldn't go. But, um, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely people... Um, you went to college with Martha Bain, right? Or yes. around the same time, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I didn't know her. I didn't really know her then, but yeah. I've, I've sort of gotten to know her a little bit since then. The character. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, there's a few people from from then who I'm. I don't know. I'd say. I, let me think. I'd say I have like one friend from college that I, I talked to. You know, like, like right, like once a week. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I have the one like college friend, basically. I I don't know that I had that many then, but like there was people, like Azita and I went to school at the exact same time, but we didn't know Mm -hmm. each other at all. Yeah, I got to know her later, like a bunch later. Yeah, again, there's there's there's. I've known Elliot since then, since since I was in school, because he was working at the art supply store inside the art school. You know, he just moved to Chicago from Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah, it's also yeah, it's also nice to see people that are still at it doing whatever their their dumb dream was. They're still they haven't given it up. Yeah. For some of us, it's too late. There's no giving up, because what would there be otherwise? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure exactly where I would pivot at this point. But I mean, like, I mean, I, 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 I love. I mean, I love teaching music, and I, I love scoring movies, and I also love performing music. And and if I can do a combination of those things, I, I think that's great. I feel very happy with I feel very happy with that combination. Yeah, I I can't imagine you not doing those at least a couple what are two out of three, three couple, out of four. A couple of those things, yeah. 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 It it's it's nice to have the the several kind of gears so you can switch, you know. It is. Yeah. It is and you know, and it's and I and it 
I mean, if that's what works for you, there there are other people for whom like they just like to do one thing, and that, and that that's totally cool. But yeah, I thought that for the longest time, but then I started writing, and suddenly writing is like an important thing. Mm. You know, not suddenly; it's mm -hmm. been a while now, but it'll always be second banana. It seems like, in my head, at least. Yeah. To to visual art, you know. Yeah. But yeah, it's like having you know the cover band that has a hit hit song or something you know <laughs> you're forced to keep doing that well yeah no. and it's good like after you know some years pass and then you realize oh, well i guess this does means this is like a real thing yep <laughs> it's not a fluke <laughs> yep. yeah yeah well cool enough talking <laughs> sure sure <laughs> like, did i did i leave something out no <laughs> no i think it's fun that this talk is completely different than the other one we did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. It was like we're just hanging out, talking, yes, during an interview. Right. But the other, I mean, just in terms of when, when you're saying like, I don't know, something you were just saying just like a minute ago, it makes me think a little bit about that. Like, I don't know that, like we're putting out these comedy issues and we're going out and playing, and stuff like that, and it that whole process feels less weird to me than it did 10 years ago oh okay when we were putting out a reissue and was 10 years ago like when they started the reissues started well it was or? when it was when matador and glitter house reissued 11 11. Oh, okay and so we went out and did some shows then yeah and and and, it felt weird. and like and around the same time codeine was doing the the stuff with numero and going out and playing shows uh, they were, those those were like a year apart yeah and at the time, I was like, wow, this is really surreal. It's like being in a time warp and, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, to 20 years ago. And it feels less like that now. It feels, maybe maybe that was sort of like, you know, kind of kind of busting the door open on, yeah. on, on, the, on the process or something. But it just, it just feels like, like that music and those bands are, are just kind of part of my life, you know, like forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but do, yeah, I mean, do you feel like you add like what's do you add something new? Something new gets added, like you playing that stuff now. I don't know, honestly. I don't. I don't know that. Um, I mean, there's a couple of people who said who th saw some recent shows and 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 thought that we sounded better now than, than we oh, did okay, yeah. back in the day. Which is, of course, you always want to hear that. Yeah, but. Um, I don't know. I think uh, I don't know. I because I because I I really I I think we all try to kind of honor how we played that stuff and and how we wrote it. Yeah. We don't really feel the need to like let's do a new arrangement on this. Yeah, song yeah. Or, you know, I, we don't we don't. I don't see any reason to. You don't do to, that, like, like. Do you remember when it was the police did re-recorded "Don't Stand So Close to Me"? It was, it, it's horrendous. It's oh, really, I didn't hear it. There was, a, it, it's very bad. <laughs> or like when ZZ Top did that stuff on their records. Did they? Did they re-record? Dude, it's so crazy. All right, so there was one time where the New Year was on tour, and we, uh -huh. and we were listening to a cassette of. Trace Hombres or something, mm -hmm. and our bass player was like, the "Fucking album's incredible! I have to buy the CD of it." Uh huh. So he went to Tower Records, he bought the CD, and we 
put it on in the van. It was like, oh. it was like, it was like they had like completely re-recorded that stuff like Eliminator style. Oh wow! They wanted to bring it up to whatever they were doing. But like it doesn't say anything age. on the packaging. Yeah, yeah. Like you look at it, oh, it's wow. like it's like. So it wasn't like a record dispute. It wasn't like you know, like where like Taylor Swift, where she re-records all her songs to get it away right. from the. Right. Whatever, you know. Right. There's because, a reason for that. Yeah. I think aesthetic this was, or not, but like that. This I think, is just, <laughs> no. I, well, it's it, it's entirely possible that like they didn't have the rights to those recordings or they or they wanted to it could it could have been for the same yeah. reason I, I i don't know but it's like it it's <laughs> sounds completely different and it was, so you're not doing that to the cum songs or, or the codeine songs <laughs> like no no um no i mean i i it's it's funny when, when no i just wondered what it feels like to to play that like if it if you feel like there's something different about it i guess um, I mean, I don't believe I in think, time travel. I don't know. <laughs> no, I think um, I I think I have like I have a better sense of of like of of just of like the power of it. Mm. You know that like like a like a really strong band. Like it's you it feel, was a great you, you, it was you, a great you, fucking band. <laughs> well, you, you you feel very yeah like. Not that you're that it makes you a powerful person, but yeah, just, yeah. But just like being part of this thing yeah. that feels very powerful, yeah. and, and um, so I, I think I'm more aware of that now mm. than um, with the distance or the, the time passing. Yeah, yeah, some something. Um, so I, yeah, I, I I probably have more awareness of that, but I, I yeah, that's I think that's the main impression I get. Yeah, I mean, it's always weird to me when I, you know, I talk to musicians where, you know, they'll record an album and then they have to tour playing the same songs over and over again. I, for whatever reason, I hadn't thought of that, like from just inside what that would be like. That would, I would not understand how you do that <laughs> to repeat, to repeat and repeat. Well, I think, yeah. I think it's, uh, I think it's, it's kind of like being in a play. Yeah. Right. Okay. You know, yeah. and and I and I think once I made that that comparison, I, I did I, it feel like that like like when you're playing and come the first you know the original time like you'd record an act album and then you have to go tour. Well, we we did that with with eleven eleven and like after like seven months of touring like I I just I hated the songs. Yes, yeah. I was because we all, all we literally all we had was we had twelve songs. Yeah, and that was it. And we right. were and we were playing a lot of places, especially in Europe, where like they wanted you to play for two hours, and we were like, mm. we only have like an hour of songs. Like, yeah, like that's it. But um, flip the record and start over again. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I actually I saw. Um, remember um, the deluxe folk implosion. Remember Folk Implosion? Vaguely. So Lou Reed had... Uh, Lou, Lou, Reed, Bar Lou Barlow. <laughs> Barlow. I don't Terrible think I ever stuff. listened to Folk Implosion. Yeah. Well, they, they, had a, they had a couple songs. They had this one song that was a really huge hit. Mm. I think it was from the Kids soundtrack or something. Oh, okay. And, uh, and so Lou and John Davis, they were the Folk Implosion. Yeah. And then they had, they were friends with these two guys who had a band called Deluxe. And so the four of them had this thing called Deluxe and Folk Yeah. So they booked a show at TT's, which sold out in like a yeah. second. Sure. And they went up and they did like a 20 minute set. Yeah. 
they played that song, they played the big yeah. hit, and then they played like a bunch of hardcore songs. Yeah. And after 20 minutes, they were like, okay, we're going to do everything again. Yeah. And, and they just they just played the same set. <laughs> they just played the same set again. So yeah, people can do it. But um, with I think with Calm, we started opening for bands who would who would not only who would who would play the same set list every night. Yeah. Which is a very standard thing yeah. for for bands to yeah. do. And I started asking people, I was because we changed our at least changed the order of the songs every yeah. night. We wrote a different set list every night. Yeah. Which we still do. That makes sense. <laughs> uh, but I, I would ask people, like, what... I'd ask these bigger bands, like, why do you play the same center every night? Yeah. And the first answer I got was they said, well, it's for lighting cues. Mm-hmm. Like, we, yeah, have, yeah. we have lighting sure, people, yeah. and, and, and yeah. this, is gonna, this song yeah. is going to go into this song. And, um, and I, I certainly understand the idea of, like, you write a set list where you're like, okay, like, yeah. this song actually goes really well into this one. And, like, yeah. this is a really well-paced yeah. set. And we can count on it being like that. Yeah. But I also started... I guess I just came to the conclusion that, that it was it was like being... It was like doing a play. Yeah. And if you sort of viewed it that way, then it's just like, you know, you just like... You kind of walk in... And, yeah, because I mean, even... And do the play every night. Like, by the time you're doing the tour, you'd already, like, written the songs, whatever, a year or two before. Like, you know, they're mm-hmm. already not new to you, right? Right. Yeah. That's an amazing thing. Yeah, but it, and it's and it's like, um, just the act of playing the song, like like like, is enough. It doesn't it doesn't have to be like a brand new thing every night. Yeah. I mean, there's, but I I understand that there are musicians who are like, no, it has to be a brand new thing every night. You mm-hmm. know, like like whether it's improvising musicians or, or or whatever. You know, like there's there's people out there who are like they really want it to be different every night. Yeah. And. And I, I understand that impulse too, but I, I also understand people who are like, you know. I mean, I, I imagine like when you have your solo shows or the tour, like you have more room to maneuver, right? Yes, like you can just for sure decide that like this isn't what you want to do right then, and just switch to something totally different. Yeah, yep. I've also been on tours where like you know I switched it up every night because I didn't want to bore the band that I was touring with. Yeah, you know, I was like, <laughs> I just make it different every night, so. Just like the five people I was traveling with wouldn't lose interest in what I was doing. Yeah, but like, yeah, if you have something... Which is kind of funny. It's such a trap, I guess, to... And you either hit with something or there's an audience or something devoted following for the one thing and then you go and do something else. You know, I have that in a tiny way, like, you know, I have you know, drawings, paintings that people like from some period and they want something like that, but I, I don't know if I could even do it. I right. could do like a cover version, you know, <laughs> you know what I, sort of, you know, I've done co- like new copies of old paintings because the, the painting they wanted is sold. Yeah. So I just, I made them a hand, handmade copy, you know, yeah. but it feels, it's not the same thing, you know, well, it's like trying on a weird outfit. <laughs> oh, time to go outside. She likes to go out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would, hang on one second. Yeah. Come on. It's cold, <laughs> but you might like it. It's sunny. You can sit in the sun. Oh. This is the older cat, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I would say in general, you know, I don't... Um, 
feel obligated to you know repeat myself or to you know try to try to make a, a, a facsimile of, of what I did before but I also you know I never had like a giant hit so right you know uh, I never had a I never felt like I had a public that was demanding that I, I do more of the same <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, so I guess I've had the luxury of <laughs> just kind of doing whatever the fuck I want yes that's a, it's a good thing it's a good thing about yeah you don't reach some level of success where there's so many other people connected with money wise and otherwise that are pressuring you yeah and I mean it's I mean it's it's funny because there are you know it's like I've I've done especially you know for a while I was doing more sort of abstract or sort of noisier stuff or uh-huh. um, you know and there were people who are into like the songs that I do that I sing uh-huh. who are not necessarily interested in that yeah and vice versa sure you know there's there a guy who came to a show i did in new york and and all he had was this one cassette that i put, put out which is like oh like one of those super limited edition yeah, ones it was, yeah it was yeah. one was like playing like marimba for like half an hour like, yeah with like rain going behind it and mm-hmm. stuff that's, that's what, what he's he was expecting that oh and i came out with guitar and sang a bunch of songs and he was like he was like that was cool yeah I was expect you know I well, came yeah what's your name again who are you <laughs> he, came, he came expecting yeah. the other thing but I don't know I you know <laughs> I, don't, I don't I don't I guess I don't I don't worry too hard about that's good any, and it's any, good that you can of, yeah you can do all any the discrepancies in, in that stuff I don't, I don't I don't worry about it yeah I mean it's great that there's enough obviously when you can reissue all those come records they feel you know there's enough of a market yep for or demand for that to happen that's yep. that's terrific yeah it's you awesome know. it's yeah. awesome we were we were really really grateful to fire records yeah i have yeah totally no sense ever ever of the things that are popular or not popular i just i've had it demonstrated to me repeatedly that i have i know what i like you know yeah. that's all i know and every now and again, there's a thing that it coincides with the culture or whatever that I like something that yeah. a lot of people like. But yeah, it's it, it's a total mystery. But I guess if they really knew how to game that out, there would be a formula, and you just press the button, and you poop out the thing that everybody loves, you know? And exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's probably a good place to stop. Yeah, that sounds, good. That sounds about right. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>